0: pregnancy, and parenting with chronic illness. No topic will be off limits here. I'll also talk to other patients and share their stories and advice. Think of this as your chance to sit down and chat with a friend who's been there. Ready to figure out how to manage your arthritis life? Let's get started. Hey, I am so excited to have two guests today on the Arthritis Life podcast. I have Erica and Rachel. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. This is so fun. Um, I would love to just for you each to give a brief introduction, you know, of yourself, maybe where you live and what your relationship to arthritis is.
1: Okay. You want to go, Rachel? (laughs) She's pointing at me. Okay. Uh, Okay. So this is Erica here. Um, We're from the podcast Autoimmune and You, but I'm also known as Healing Arthritis Holistically on Instagram. Um, so I live in California, I'm 34, uh, but I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at 28. So it's been six years of living with this condition. Um, and yeah, it's had its ups and downs, but I feel like mostly there's been a lot of positive that has come out of this. Uh, especially like me being able to connect with Rachel and you and all these other figures and in this autoimmune community that are trying to do uh something positive and just bring their own special light to this community like when i look at like cheryl like you have all these uh uh tricks and tips to you know help people have a better you know uh physically better oh i can't think of the word right now okay we're gonna have to (laughs) edit that out rachel don't look at me like
0: that quality of life
1: maybe is that this is us this is us on the podcast um Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, you have all these tips and tricks to help people have a better quality of life with rheumatoid arthritis and to make things easier for them. And then I look at Rachel. She's just like this energetic ball of energy that people love to see. And then I really like to write and like share inspirational things on on Instagram. So it's nice. It's nice to connect with people that all bring something special and different to the autoimmune community.
0: That's beautifully said. Okay, Rachel, what about you?
2: Uh, So my name is Rachel Albo. Um, My handle on Instagram is literally just Rachel Albo. I don't have anything fancy like these two. (laughs) Um, I am 28 years old. I currently live in Portland, Oregon. However, I spent four years in LA. And before that, I am originally from Michigan. And um, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis five years ago. So I was 23 years old, almost exactly five years ago, like in a few days. And I really like dove into holistic healing pretty quickly, but I did it from a standpoint of literally knowing absolutely nothing, you know, coming off the standard American diet and like had always had issues with my joints and with my gut and just no one thought anything of it. And finally I it like progresses and I was left, like I was on bed rest for two weeks. I was in physical therapy for months. Like my entire life was just flipped upside down. And Fast forward to now where I have been coaching clients with autoimmune diseases for years now and we have our podcast and like just the way things are blossoming is just so beautiful and it's insane to think that this all came out of being diagnosed with something that is like one of the worst things that you can live with that like really kind of sucks your soul at times and being able to find purpose out of the pain and being able to show other people how to do that for themselves is just so fulfilling and exciting and humbling. And I'm just so grateful for the way that my journey has progressed. And that's not to say that I'm healed or everything is easy because that is so not the case. I mean, I had COVID over Christmas and I'm still dealing with a really bad flare up post COVID. And I've heard that that's very common, but I'm, I'm really thankful for our entire autoimmune community especially over on social media like for meeting people like you Cheryl and meeting Erica and meeting all these other people and being able to connect with even like people that aren't like you know quote-unquote like figures in the community but just people who are following along being like oh my gosh I had a flare-up after COVID oh my gosh I'm so sorry you're dealing with that I know exactly how that feels and just having that validation but also the like genuine support because when I was first diagnosed and I know probably all of us when we're first diagnosed we go searching the hashtags and the groups and all this stuff. And I originally added myself to all the things that I could find and followed all the people that I could find. And I realized that I was actually feeling worse mentally because it's a lot of just like perpetuating that mindset of dis-ease. Like really you're, you know, you're going to be on medications forever. If you don't take your medications, you're going to like be disabled. You're not going to be able to walk. Um, You know, this sucks. Every single day is horrible. And it's just like, you know, even if you are on medications for the rest of your life, even if you are unable to walk, there's still ways to find a better quality of life and like really truly enjoy life and be grateful for where you're at. And I know Cheryl, on your podcast, you talk a lot about like meeting yourself where you're at. And I think that that's so important. And that's a huge message that Erica and I have too, is just that mindfulness piece and meeting yourself where you're at. And like, how do you get through from there?
0: I love that. And I, one of the fun factoids about you that I connected to is that you're also an occupational therapist. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I was going to say that too. I was like, Oh my gosh, honestly, I feel like
0: I, I mean, I
2: still work as an OT. Um, I do consulting work through like this app for women, but like, sometimes I kind of forget just how much I use my OT background as a wellness coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like every time I go back to your program, I'm like, oh yeah, like it's funny because as an OT, we have all these like skills and this, like, you know, I know you use the word toolbox a lot and it makes me laugh. Cause like they say toolbox all the time in OT, like in school and stuff. That's um, true. Yeah. And, uh, I just think it's funny because to me, this stuff is second nature and I have to kind of pull myself back and be like, okay, a lot of this is actually the training that I've had through schooling, through working as an OT for six plus years. And, and the fact that I use that every single day with clients, but I have to remind myself, like, I need to explain the way that I'm thinking and how I can help people. And sometimes um, that's one of the most humbling parts of working with clients is, is being reminded of, oh, I was there before, like even pre going to school, like way before my diagnosis, like I thought in a very different way. And I have to kind of pull myself back, which is actually really nice. I am a huge advocate for always, no matter what situation in life, like putting yourself in the other person's shoes, being like, how are they thinking? How are they perceiving this? How are they acting? And how are they looking to change that?
0: Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, it's definitely... It's definitely a really specific like lens that you end up looking through, you know, as an occupational therapist and do these kind of activity analyses really quickly in your brain that actually are take a long time for people who haven't done it before. So yeah, it's just really, it's really amazing to connect. And I mean, there's so many directions we could go with this conversation, right? Um, I mean, I was thinking, oh, we should talk about, so as you were talking about both talking about social media and like the good, the bad and the ugly, but um, that's a, totally a tangent we could go on, but I do, I am really curious because you both had tell me if this is right. You'd both kind of built your own separate coaching businesses, um, which that end of itself is mm-hmm. really interesting. Like being a chronic illness warrior or chronic ha- having a chronic illness and then starting a business itself is a big endeavor. Yeah. And then you two found each other and then formed your own podcast and business partnership.
1: I just loved, okay. Yeah. How do you, yeah. that's like 20 <laughs> questions well, in one. So since Rachel kind of gave like a little bit more in-depth background of her journey with rheumatoid arthritis i guess i can share more in depth about mine so you have an understanding of how i got to this place as a health coach but basically when i was uh, 28. That was the year of my diagnosis. And that's when I first started my program uh, to be a marriage and family therapist. And so I had worked really hard to get into this program. It's super exclusive. Like, I really wanted to help people. And it's really funny because before I decided to be a marriage and family therapist, I was actually going to school to be a physician's assistant. So I actually shadowed uh, a physician at Children's Hospital Los Angeles in the hematology oncology department. And that's when I, I did that for a year. And at that point I figured like, you know what, I'm not really interested in doing like the procedural work of like being the physician's assistant. Like I was more interested in the emotional side of what the parents had to deal with, what the children were going through. And so I had to talk to someone else and they're like, honestly, like you sound like you'd be good for like a therapist. And so I was like, actually, like, I never really thought about that. And so I kind of went down that endeavor, got my undergrad in psychology, started that program, and I was really stoked on it. And like, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do in life. Like, you know, I'm super stoked to do this. And then I got faced with a diagnosis, a lifelong chronic condition where I was like, I don't know what my life is going to look like. All of a sudden, like everything becomes uncertain and like this path that you have, paved out for you suddenly seems unclear and you're like oh my gosh like am I gonna have the mental capacity to be there for my clients the way that they need me when I'm struggling with my own diagnosis and so basically the first year um, I went through my first year did really well but I was also focusing on holistically trying to manage my disease so I didn't immediately get on medications when I was diagnosed I like started deep diving into like trying to avoid this basically like everyone, right? Cause, but you're scared, you're scared of these medicines and you don't know what they're going to do to you. And so I started immediately, you know, working with a naturopathic doctor, changing my diet and then eventually fine tuning my diet to one that works for me. And then I discovered all these people that were talking about mindset and how it has to deal with chronic illness. And I was like super getting into this holistic thinking. Right. But I didn't come from that. Like Rachel said, like I came from a standard American diet, like high stress levels, trauma, anxiety, depression, like all of these things. And so uh, at the end of my first year, I was like, you know what, like I had to make a decision to be like is this aligned with this new life that I'm living after my diagnosis? And I was so interested in holistic stuff and I was sharing my journey on Instagram. By the way, at the time in 2016, like literally there was no one talking about holistic stuff. I will tell you, no one. And I used to get people reach out to me in the arthritis community at that time reach out to me saying like stop sharing about like diet and stuff like that because uh you know this is misleading to other people and like we're on medicines and like who do you think you are and I said you know what like this is my journey this is my truth this is what I want to explore I'm experimenting on myself and we should all have that ability to share what we think is right in our heart and so Um, so yeah, I kind of worked through that and then made the decision that I didn't want to follow through with my marriage and family therapy, uh, degree. And I just trusted my intuition that if I kept working on my health, that eventually maybe I could be a coach someday. I didn't know the word coach. I didn't think about it that way. I just knew that I wanted to help people because that's what therapy is about helping people. So it's like this actually like is perfectly aligned with my whole education, my whole experience in life in general. And so um, in 2019, I got my health coaching certification. And that actually happened to be like one of the worst flares that I was going through. Uh, There was a period of time where I got really sick. Um, I got a parasite out of the country and it triggered my symptoms. Yeah, crazy. But I was doing really well before that, which is why I got the health coaching thing. But anyways, my whole point is that I stuck it through because I was like, you know what? This is the reality of living with a chronic condition. There's going to be ups and downs. And like, if I really want to help people and be at the other side of this, like I have to know that, that it's okay that we all go through this, but it's about helping yourself with a better mindset. And so here I am today. Like I, like from the beginning, I was like, I Really, only want to work with people that have rheumatoid arthritis. Like, when I started coaching, I was like, that's what I wanted to do. And I was like, I only want to work with people that have autoimmune condi- uh, diseases, specifically inflammatory autoimmune diseases. And so, even like people around me are like, how are you going to get business? Like, that's such a limited field, and da da da. And I was like, look, I have always lived my life by like passion. In my heart. And so I was like, I don't care if this is not a popular thing now. Like, I'm going to keep doing it. And now I look around, like, so many people are health coaches on Instagram. Everyone's an autoimmune coach. And I'm like, I'm happy for that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I really have put so much work and invested into this community. And it's like, I am happy to see people doing podcasts and like helping other people. Cause I definitely think this is the mindset shift that this autoimmune community needs, like for sure. Like we need this because back in the day, like Rachel said, when I, in 2016, you know, looking up hashtags, rheumatoid arthritis, it was terrifying. I was like, oh my God. And so that's why I made a, a like, I said to myself, like, I'm going to change the narrative, I'm going to create my own community of people that are kind to people, no matter what situation, whether they're on drugs, you know, medications, or they're not, or they're using both, because at the end of the day, like, whether you're doing it holistically or with medicine, we're all suffering to some degree, our life changes to some degree, and, like, that's the... That's the, the essence of it is that we're all going through it and we all have to learn to adapt and it's challenging for all of us, no matter which way that you go. So, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. So much, so many things I can respond to. in that one of the things that struck me because I was diagnosed in 2003. And so it was a blessing and a curse that this was before social media. This is back when I, I'm old enough to where I did get an invite to Facebook when it was you know, invite only. you had to have a college email address like edu. But anyway, point being, there wasn't anywhere to look up, really. I mean, there was old old you know websites and stuff like old school, you know, like WebMD, but there wasn't anywhere to actually talk to another like human being. So it was a blessing and a curse because right? I didn't see all the horror stories. Like my doctor was basically like, This is a serious lifelong condition. However, you're being diagnosed at the best time in history. At that point, because of the life-changing medications that had been coming out, and so she's like, "Your prognosis is better than ever." And I, I'm the freak person who, like, I literally was just like, "Okay, just give me the medicine." Like, I didn't have any sort of second doubts because, anyway, everyone who's listening might have heard my story already. But point being, I, I had actually been like so traumatized by being not believed and accused of being fake faking my symptoms that when they when medical system finally was like, you have something you're legitimate. Here's some medicine. I was like, okay, yeah, you're actually helping me finally, you know? And then it wasn't until my first biologic stopped working that I started realizing that there's this big gray area, right? There's not just the Western medicine either works or doesn't. There's like, you can blend, you can, you know, you can develop whatever toolbox to use that word again. You know, it could be exercise, diet, lifestyle, and a small amount of medications or a large amount of medications. And like Erica said, we all just want to be, right? Everyone's suffering and we want to alleviate the suffering that we can possibly alleviate mm-hmm. and then learn to cope with the suffering that will be the perpetual or unsolvable problems, you know? Yeah.
1: I think the most important part is like when you get diagnosed with the autoimmune disease, the most important part that we could do for ourselves is take responsibility for ourselves, right? Does that mean we're gonna cure all of our symptoms through our diet and lifestyle mindset? No, but you really can drastically improve your quality of life. And I think the shift that's happened in the community is that back in the day, like people only saw it as I can only take medicine and my doctor knows best and I don't know my body and all those kind of things. And now we're more like, wait, like, food does trigger my symptoms, stress does trigger my symptoms, Uh, social support is necessary, like community support, all these different things. And so we're much, we're more in an empowered state than we were when I started my Instagram account. And it is really kind of amazing to see that transformation in front of my eyes and to know that I was a part of that in the beginning. And it has nothing to do with like me tooting my own horn. It's just like me feeling proud that I stuck to my intuition and I stuck to my curiosity and my uh, desire to experiment on my body to see what was working for me and to be able to share that with other people that had never been told that in their entire diagnosis that hey you can do something about how you're feeling like stop eating the fast food stop doing this stop doing that and see what it can do for you but no one had ever heard that before
2: yeah. Not only that, but not only just stopping things, but also picking up things. Right. Um, I think that there's something to be said for the, the way that there are some people in the autoimmune community, some doctors, dietitians, just random people that are like, you have to do this and you can't do that. And you have to do this and you can't yep. do that. And something that I think all three of us are super passionate about is do what works for you. And that does not look the same for any two people. Like Erica and I have talked about this on our podcast episodes before. <laughs> yeah, I see a little hands up. <laughs> um we've talked about this on our podcast episode before, but like Erica and I both um notice huge differences in our symptoms personally when we eat in a different way than we know feels good to our own bodies. But if I were to eat Erica's diet, I would flare up so bad. If she were to eat my diet, she would flare up so bad. Like every single person is so different and that's why I think that there's there's a lot of really harmful content and programs and stuff like that out there that are supposedly holistic that, I mean, they are holistic, but it's not a one size fits all. And I don't think that those programs have enough leeway for the fact that everyone is so different and everyone reacts differently. And so people look at something like that and hold it as like the Holy grail. And when it doesn't work, they get super, super depressed and d- discouraged and probably more flared up. And then they have no idea where to go. And I think that Um, Cheryl, like you were saying, like finding that middle ground and being able to be there to support people in whatever way we can. I mean, we're all obviously passionate about that, especially on social media, um, of just being able. And I, another thing that I really like is that we all have such different ways of sharing on social media and we help people in such different ways. Like I'm literally getting chills right now. just like thinking about it because, like the way that you share Cheryl on like your reels and stuff like that is very different than the way that I share on my reels and my stories and my feed and Erica is constantly sharing these like beautiful inspirational quotes and sharing like very real raw content on her stories and so I feel like that is so necessary and I am first of all, so proud of all of us for like making these waves in the autoimmune community. Cause it's not easy. It's not easy to share our truth. It's not easy to share when we're having really hard days. It's not easy to, you know, to record episodes when you're just not feeling your best, but you know, that it's going to reach thousands of people and like really make someone's day and that they're going to be able to connect and resonate. And that's why we do what we do every single day. Um, I just think it's a really, really cool thing to be able to be part of the shift in the community and also adding to that ripple effect outside of the community, right? Like there's plenty of people that follow me that are just like husbands of people that have RA or um, they'll tell me down the line that like their, you know, child, like I'm working with um, a client right now where the mom reached out to me to work with her 15 year old child, like the fact that we're able to reach so many different people and, guaranteed everyone out there knows at least one person with an autoimmune disease. And although like we talk a lot about like each of us has RA, there's obviously so many other similarities between RA and other inflammatory um, autoimmune diseases. And it's just a really, it's just such a cool thing. And that brings me to finding Erica, like just so insane how everything lined up and like God, I literally just like get chills because Erica is literally one of my best friends and like feels like a sister. And I mean, (laughs) we are literally like, we're like working on our podcast, recording, editing, like putting promo content out there, like all the things for minimum five to seven hours a week. But then on top of that, we're on the phone multiple times a week. Like we just get each other. And that is something that's so beautiful about kind of, the, the autoimmune journey, because you really start tuning into that intuition, you start tuning into your soul. You start really understanding who am I below this diagnosis? Because the diagnosis really throws a wrench in life plans and it really messes you up. But from there, you have a decision. Um, like Cheryl, you talk about, like you have a decision to control what you can control and be like, you know what, this factor, I cannot change. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to acknowledge it. Yes. It's there, like pain, inflammation, you know, um, swelling, all of the things. Um, Inflammation and swelling. Wow, Rachel. Um, (laughs) So I meant to say stiffness, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) hold on. Okay, we're back. (laughs) Um, And so beyond all of that, who are you? And I have been able to tune in so much to who I am and be able to share that on social media in a way that feels very authentic to me. And honestly, when I very first started sharing my journey, it was freaking awkward. It was weird. It was awkward. I didn't think anyone wanted to hear what I had to say. And I just kind of shared anyway. And honestly, when I very first started sharing, I would hear from my friends here and there be like, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but like, you you like change your voice when you're on social media, and I was like, oh, I don't know how to fix that. Like, and then I started realizing, let me just talk to the literally talk to my phone screen as if I'm talking to my best friend, and that's what I do now. I just share from this authentic place, and then come down the line. Erica and I connect, and then we have this um, Instagram live, and it ran almost over ninety minutes, and we were like, we got to get off, otherwise you can't save it after ninety minutes. And we were like, we got to get off. Like we got to end this. And we were both like, oh my God, this could be a podcast. And we were like on the phone for half an hour afterwards being like, wait a second. No, like really, we should think about doing this. And then everything again, just kind of aligned perfectly to where we found someone to help us with the podcast. That was a friend of a friend that happened to be in the right time. I was in the right place in the right time. And then he helped us get our podcast up and running. And now we have 39 episodes out. Like What? It literally blows my mind that in just over a year, like 17,000 plays, 39 episodes, like streaming in all these countries, like it is freaking crazy. And the fact that we've gotten to be together, like she came up to Portland, I went down to LA, like, and the fact that we literally met through Instagram right after I had moved away from LA when she lives in LA. I'm like, what are the chances?
0: (laughs) No. And I, and and just for people listening in the future, the distant future, that this is all happening in like 2021, right? 2020, 2021. So like during this worldwide pandemic, Mm. we've made, established this friendship on social media. And I just throwing in there that I also have, I've developed some really close friendships over the last over the last year or two through these virtual communities. And so I think anytime, like I hear there's some health providers, there's still are kind of like, Ooh, social media. Like all that is, is like a forum for misinformation. You're like, no, you know, it's it, I just say it's like a giant waiting room, right? Like we're all wait, let's say we're at a waiting room, waiting for it to see our doctor. And you're like, look over and you're like chat with someone, you know, in real life, there may be someone really nice. Maybe someone really mean, like it's just a waiting room, right? So you guys happen to both meet each other through you know obviously you resonate with each other's content and decided to do a live but yeah that's I just love your origin story have you saved any of your initial like like do you have your first message to each other like you should oh yeah print it and frame it oh
1: my gosh yeah we have all that so like basically what happened was I found Rachel on Instagram like at the beginning of 20 at the end of 2020 I I get all confused with the pandemic yeah Okay. So I found her and I start like, you know, stalking her page. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, she's got rheumatoid arthritis. Like she looks like similar to me. Like we're into the same kind of stuff. And she's, literally like I'm reading her posts. I'm like, wait a second. This sounds like my stuff. I'm like, but I hadn't really up into that point, honestly, found any other person in the community out of all those years. that was literally like coming from the same like place that I was coming from. And so I'm like, what the heck? So I like messaged her and I was like, Hey, like we hadn't even talked. And I, I think I had been following her and like, you know, maybe liked her stuff, but like, I hadn't reached out to her. And I was like, would you be interested in doing, actually, you're the first live I did on with another person with autoimmune disease on my Wait, internet. really? Yeah, I think so. And then I started that whole series after oh my you. Oh gosh, I didn't know uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically I was like, hey, like, would you mind talking to me like on a live, whatever? And she was like, yeah. And then Um, yeah, instantly I knew like this was something special. This was something different. And I'm like, I could like visualize us as like a powerhouse in the community. Like I didn't even know her, but I was like, it just felt right. I can't explain it. And then I know, right? We both get all like, ah. but yeah, I found her. And then here we are now. I'm like, what the heck? It's over a year of us like podcasting. And this is the thing that I want like everyone to, know that if you find someone on Instagram, they don't just have to be your Instagram buddy. Like you could bring it to real life. Like you don't have to just direct message, like get that person's phone number, call them. Like, like right now, like Rachel and I are our biggest support systems. Like, of course I have my husband, but he doesn't live with this condition. Right. And like he already sees what I have to go through on a day-to-day basis. So like for me, it's, it's nice to have another person and also another female and another health coach and all the other things that I'm basically doing completely understand what I'm going through. So like, we'll call each other. Like if I know she's flaring, she knows I'm flaring. We're like, how are you? Like, you know, we offer each other support. Like, you know, if she's, you know, exhausted, I'm like, okay, well I'll get these emails done or like whatever. Like we work together because we understand literally what it feels like to be in this body and to to go through what we go through not just physically but emotionally and like that's the biggest thing with this autoimmune condition is that it's more than physical it's definitely way more mental and so to find that companion that could be there through you uh, through be there with you through those difficult moments and to like just offer that just the listening and the the space to like really hurt and like be in it you know because a lot of people that don't have an autoimmune disease they always try to fix your problems well have you iced it have you just this have you done that and you know it's like it's nice they're coming from a good spot but you're also like rolling your head like just shut up like this is more than an ice pack you know this is a lot this is like mentally taxing on me. (laughs) And so, uh, no, to be real about it, it's like, we all have been there. Like, you know, that's why we see all those memes on Instagram about like, you know, people like offering like, you know, in our heads, like stupid advice. And like I said, I know people are coming from like a good space. They, they want to help, but in this, in this, you know, living with a chronic condition, it's like, it's so much more than just like getting a heating pad or whatever. Whatever it is people have to suggest but we allow that space for each other and so I'm like more thankful out of anything on this journey like we talked about it the other day more than like me becoming a health coach and us having this podcast and like all the things that I've been able to accomplish over the years I'm like most proud of of like gaining this connection with someone that's lifelong and that I will always know that I can depend on her and she could depend on me. So, yeah. Full
2: body chills every time. (laughs) We were talking earlier this morning. Uh, We talked like three times today already, but (laughs) um, we were talking about the fact that like, it's so freaking cool that we have the opportunity to do interviews like this together. First of many, for sure. And we have this like vision. We've both seen it like in meditations and just in visualization practices of having like a TED talk together. And, you know, we have this retreat coming up for autoimmune, um, for women with autoimmune diseases and just things like that, that we're spearheading. And I am so grateful to have Erica by my side. And like, I mean, you really hit the nail, hit the nail on the head. (laughs) Um, I'm not very good at those sayings. I feel like I always say them wrong. (laughs) So I'm just so grateful to have her in my corner. And even just yesterday, we were both talking about the fact that, like, we've both been dealing with more um, chronic inflammation, and and like Erica's blood levels have been higher, and my inflammation has visibly been higher, even though my blood levels supposedly are fine um, ever since COVID. And yeah. like, that's been really brutal. And it's something that we both get. I mean, unfortunately, but we both are in it and get it and know what the other person is feeling and like you know, we'll say something and the other person's like, yeah, I know. Like we're like getting so hype about it and (laughs) because we truly, truly get it. And we're also just there for each other through every single bit of it. And it's really special that this literally just started from us doing an Instagram live together. And exactly like Erica said, anyone listening to this, please, if there's someone that you really connect with on Instagram um, or really, you know, anywhere, any social media, like, connect to them further. I have plenty of people that I've connected with outside of the autoimmune community too, through social media that I now am like real life friends with, or have, um, been texting, FaceTiming, zoom calls, things like that, that I know that I'll meet in real life eventually. And it's a really special thing. I think that too many people have such a negative misconception about social media and, if you really truly curate your social media feed, you will find the right people. And yeah. I did like a whole training on this in my client support group, um, about how to really curate that. And obviously I'm not going to go way into that now, but make sure that the people that you're following genuinely give you good feelings and the things that you, the yeah. accounts that you're following may don't make you feel any sort of negative way. And as, as brutal as it sounds, if you're scrolling your feed and you see a photo that triggers you in any kind of way, like that immediate reaction is negative in any sort of way. It just doesn't feel good. You can either unfollow or mute the person. If it's like a really close friend, you don't want to make them feel bad. Go mute them. They're not going to show up on your feed anymore because we all spend way more time than we like to admit on social media. And you might as well make it a space that is enjoyable. Like I literally scroll my social media feed. I'm following a very small amount of people because I curate so, so much what I am seeing. I scroll my feed and I see a bunch of positive quotes. I see really beautiful spiritual pictures. I see Erica's (laughs) posts. Like that's basically it. Like I don't see a whole lot on there besides like my very, very, very close friends because I really care about my mental health. And I know that that has a huge impact on it.
1: Um, Yeah. Anyway, I I think, no, I think that's a really good point. And that's something that we talk a lot about on our podcast is about being very intentional and like Rachel said in the beginning of your diagnosis you do try to find as many people possible living with this condition because you're trying to figure out what the heck your life is going to look like or predict it but if you're following the people that are perpetuating the worst case scenario in your mind it's probably not the healthiest thing for you to follow that and like even when it comes to like memes and stuff with in the chronic illness community while I find some of those funny if I'm flaring and not feeling well That's not the type of stuff that I want to fill my mind with because then I start to think, oh, I'm going to be that bedridden person. I'm going to have to give up on my dreams and feel like that, you know? But I think it's okay to like challenge your thinking. Like, I don't think we all have to be following exactly the same thing. And like, it's good to expand your mindset and like be exposed to other people that. maybe aren't living the reality of what you're living with that condition but you still have to be mindful of like how is this impacting me and how do i feel after i see that post is it the rest of the day i'm just dwelling on that and thinking of the worst case scenario and feeding into the fear or am i looking at something and going like me like i don't share like always the most optimistic things but i share like there is optimism in it, but it's also like the the cold, hard truth of living with this condition. And like that's the balance that I really tried to deliver to this community is that I'll say the raw truth of, you know, how sucky it is to go through it. But I also, because that's the way I've learned to live with this condition is to find a better way to deliver it to this community so that they can leave going, they can read my post going, man, like she gets it. She's going through the same thing but she has this outlook on it and it helped her get through that moment so maybe i could do that for myself. and so i think that's what fundamentally like all three of us are doing just in very different ways. i love yeah. that. i oh sorry. <laughs> i was just going
0: to say what rachel said about curating. yeah, i had no idea what i was doing when i first was on instagram. like i was on facebook forever before instagram and I just reflexively followed each person back. Cause I was like, okay, this is what you do. Like, oh, they followed me. I want to be nice. And. And then, yeah, that was a little bit of a mistake because then I ended up um, just, yeah, you, you want to be intentional, like you said about, about all of the energy that, that you're kind of um, around, you know, like, I don't like to watch scary movies, you know, it makes me too stressed out. And like, my brain doesn't know the difference between me stressed out from watching a, a scary movie and like an actual real life, like, you know, threat, it gets me into fight or flight. So, you know, and I think just one thing to acknowledge, you know, for me now having had it for 19 years, I feel like an. Old, I'm an old soul here but yeah is that you'll go through stages where you need different things you know there'll be times when you're like gosh I'm just having like a ru- the roughest day and I just want to see some like I want to just complain and like vent you know have a little vent session like I'm part of a couple of facebook groups that have like a weekly vent thread and like I have one for my room to thrive support group and it's nice it's nice we have one time a week where we're like this is where we know we're just going to vent and just be like this sucks you know but Having knowing that, okay, I can visit that event session and then take, you know, then not be constantly bombarded with it every day. It's like yeah. a choice, basically.
1: Yeah. I want to just quickly say that, like, I have a client that I just started working with last month who has been following me, I guess, since 2016. I didn't even know this. She's never commented on my stuff. She's never messaged me, nothing. Right. But I guess. She- like for a couple years, like a year, I think just a year, she stopped following me because she was going through a really rough time. And it was really hard for her to see me doing so well. And she's like, it had nothing to do with the content that you share. She's like, I love it. You're inspiring. She's like, but I just mentally couldn't accept that I was going through something so bad while you seem to be thriving and so she told me that before we started working together and i said look i completely understand i've been there before where i just can't follow people at certain times because they're doing something that's triggering me right but i had you also have to take a deeper look in your side inside yourself and say well why is that triggering to me you know what i mean and i've had that you know with several other people in the community where Honestly, I think there's a couple of people that I have followed on and off, you know, like, because like maybe at that specific point of time, their perspective changes or the information they're changing changes and so i'm like oh actually that aligns with me right now you know whether it's good or it's bad but i the key is that we all have to check in with ourselves on a regular basis not just because like you said it's not just about social media it's about what you consume your mind with in general right like the movies you watch uh the podcasts you listen to the news you watch like literally there's so many things that affect us And, uh, the, the more we can recognize that the better we can, you know, we'll start to feel.
2: Yeah. You literally, of course you go right where I was wanting to go, which is we don't realize just how much subconsciously things affect us. Right. Like we are like, okay, I'm going to curate my Instagram feed because I know that I'm going to be looking at these things that are going to affect my mood, but you don't realize that sometimes you go on Facebook and you see someone's photo and like some of us don't even pay attention to that initial trigger feeling. Um, or some of us don't realize that the music we're listening to, you know, the lyrics are affecting us or the vibrations in the music, like the type of music is affecting us, Um, positive or negative. Like there's a lot of times that things affect us positively. And a a lot of people, including myself before I really dove into mindset work, um, don't really realize how that affects you. And so now I am so in tune with how certain like music affects, affects me, for instance, how certain um, podcasts that I listen to affect me, how different things that I'm looking at, how it, how it feels to like walk outside and see the sun shining and just being more aware of your surroundings, being more mindful in every single moment of the day that's literally how I get through. I woke up super stiff today. I still had to go to work at 6 30 in the morning. I still had to go about my day. I'm, you know, getting on a flight in a couple of hours. Like there's things that we all have to do. And people look at me all the time and ask me, like, I don't understand how you're rock climbing. I don't understand how you're just dancing around like it's nothing. And that's why I try to be very intentional about when I share on social media. For instance, literally yesterday I posted um, a couple of videos on my story of me dancing And then my next one, I was like, I posted a photo and put this kind of big long caption um, on my story about how like, yes, it looks like I'm thriving. It looks like I'm fine and dancing around. But you know what? I'm hurting really bad today. And this is kind of my coping mechanism. This is how I release. It feels really good to me to move. um, And I'm doing what I can to keep my mindset in check. And it feels this is what this is my truth. And that's not the same for everyone. And I never, ever, ever want anyone to compare anyone's journey to mine because while i quote unquote carry it well i am no like less affected than anyone else like it's just we all have our own level of where we kind of like our breaking point and how to get past that right like i definitely have hit a breaking point recently and i was like okay i was there and i got through it and i'm going to just keep going and i'm going to get through the next one too like it's going to always there's always going to be a breaking point right and we have to learn how to navigate that um, with the most grace for ourselves and compassion for ourselves, but also being able to um, empower ourselves and be our own best advocate for wellness, not even just in what we put into our body as far as food, but everything else that we consume. Um, one other point that I want to make is that, um, Erica, when you were talking about like how you share on social media, and it's not like always positive. I wanted to touch on the fact that when we started our podcast, we were a little bit wary about like what we were sharing and how, although we did talk about poop on our first episode, which is so funny <laughs> to me. Cause like, you know, that's a huge part of gut health, <laughs> but um, as far as really hard, vulnerable things, there have been times when we were recording and during the recording, we just, you know, we just talk just like this and then we'll be editing. And one of us will say, oh, I don't know if I want to put that in there. Like it it just doesn't and we always ask the other like does it feel authentic to you is this really like is that coming from an authentic yeah. place 100% of the time we're like yes it is and we're like okay then we're leaving it and we yeah. leave it in there because we want nothing but to share from a completely authentic place and to show that it's not always easy and that we're not perfect but sometimes it can be really great And we don't ever, again, want anyone to compare their journeys to ours, but we have found that a lot of people are able to resonate in such a beautiful way to where we get messages all the time. Like this is almost exactly like my story. Oh my God. And that's a really freaking cool thing. You know, we all go through, I like to say same, same, but different, right? Like there, there might be like little details that are different, but we all get it. And that's the beautiful part of the autoimmune community. And anyone listening, like if you have not delved deeply into the autoimmune community on social media, on kind of, I I've got to say, I'm kind of like the more positive side of things. Like, please do like go follow Cheryl, go follow Erica, go follow me. Like we are, we are there for you, right? Message us, interact with our content. You're the more you interact with content like that, the more you're going to see things like that on your feed, on your discover page, things like that. And. We're all here to empower you and like make you your best possible version of yourself, regardless of what stupid diagnosis you have. Like it's not fair. It's not freaking fair, but you can still be happy and you can
0: still thrive.
1: Yeah. And lastly, really quick, I just want to say that although like we share our journeys and like people are inspired by us, like our main mission is to let people know that you almost, you really do have to stay like focused on your own journey. Like it's okay to be inspired by other people. It's a, it's okay to get motivation from other people. But really, honestly, the best way to live the happiest peace, peaceful life with this condition is to find what works with you focus on your own journey and like, find your own sp- inspiration within yourself. Like it's a like, that's the most important thing is that we don't want anyone to feel like, oh, you have to become a health coach or you have to have a big Instagram to like be a worthy person with this condition. Like you don't have to do any of those things. You should only do it if you feel called to do so. Um, But primarily, yeah, our mission is to let people know that just try to find the best way to live your own life. And that's going to look different for every single person.
0: I I love that so much. And I'm really glad you touched on like the different feelings that can arise when you're consuming content because I do think jealousy let's just put it out there you know jealousy yeah. is a very common human emotion right and it and, and and like Rachel said that it health conditions are not fair often you know like there's i always I always say you can't define your self worth by your health because in my, in my group, I said this, I like literally just came out of my mouth and I was like, okay, this is kind of true. It sounds crazy, but you know, like there's people who are like mass murderers who have perfect health, like, and are you, is your life less worthy because you have, or like less wonderful do you know what I mean like that's we such a good point I absolutely love that <laughs> or like you know there's babies that get lung cancer like they yeah. did not smoke they didn't do any it's random like health is random sometimes so and I think for me I've had to learn like this is through therapy but just to that it's okay to feel jealous it's it's a normal emotion it's to you know and 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 I just ask myself sometimes what is that jealousy telling me like if I'm having a bad day and I see Rachel dancing I get those same messages Rachel because I've done a lot of dancing videos not as much in the last couple of months as we've been in the middle of moving and like anyway but um people are like I wish like or someone said like, my husband said that he doesn't think you actually have arthritis like because of how you're dancing and, and it turns out she felt really bad when I like a bunch of people responded to hers like that how dare you invalidate and she's like No, no, that's not how he meant it. He was just like, I can't hardly believe that she had, but you know, the words have, have weight. Right. And it's like, you're, I started showing pictures of myself when I'm about to take a nap, like literally like I take this video, I always feel good in the morning and my, I kind of deteriorate throughout the day and take a nap and recharge and then feel better. And then I feel worse again. But like, so if I only take a video of myself at nine in the morning, when I feel my best and you're not going to believe that I actually have those down moments. So I started kind of trying to document them, but at the, we just have to learn to say like, okay, I feel jealous in this moment. And like, everyone's having their own journey and yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I really quickly, Sorry. I just want to go back. To like kind of what you're just saying about the jealousy thing about that client, that followed me and then stopped following me and now she's working with me, she recognized that she was jealous that i not jealous. she didn't say the word jealous but i think it was more yeah kind of like envious of where i was at physically but then she had to ask herself well why is she there physically it's because she puts a thousand percent into her health it's not i don't put 20 percent into my health to live the life that i have with this condition it's a thousand percent and i tell my clients if you want to work with me and you really committed to this like you're gonna have to put a thousand percent in because either way like I can't afford to like, not put that effort in. Otherwise I'm really going to be in a bad place. And so she recognized that for herself. And now she is at the place where she is putting a thousand percent in, and now she can look at my stuff and feel good about it and feel happy about it. Instead of like, Oh, I'm so bitter. Like, that's not me. Like, why is she living that life? It's like, we all I'll have to just learn to put that, you know, effort into ourselves, and, and it's going to look different for every person, depending on, you know, their circumstance with the disease and how long they've had it and all these different things. But yeah, it's important to just check in with yourself and ask yourself, well, why am I feeling that way?
2: Yeah, definitely so important. That reminds me of, there was this client that I had uh, a few months ago, actually, she was one of the first to go through my 12 week program. And she goes, she shared this on a group call with a bunch of other clients on it. She was like, you know, I, when I very first found Rachel, I was like, okay, I don't know what this girl is doing, but she is like dancing around with a smoothie and I'm sitting here sick in bed. And like, she is objectively having a way better time than me with this disease. And like, I want to have a little bit of a better time. And so she started working with me and everyone has different goals, right? Like her goal was not to be like dancing around with a smoothie, but her goal was to feel a little bit better in her own body and connect more with her own mind, which she absolutely did. And she was just like blown away. And that speaks to everyone has a different path. Everyone has different goals. Everyone has a different purpose in life, but we can all get that same outcome of feeling happier, feeling healthier, regardless of, again, whatever diagnosis you have, whatever disease you're living with, whatever symptoms rear their ugly head into your beautiful sunny day. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, this is so, I, I'm, I just hope everyone who's listening feels really inspired by this. And I'm proud of myself for resisting the urge to ask you a million questions about what it was like to have COVID. <laughs> Cause I, that, that is one of the things people keep asking me about. Like, we're going to release an
1: episode yeah. about oh, that in like a
2: couple yeah. Of weeks. So yeah, yeah. We're going to
1: share what's been going on with both of us. <laughs> uh, it's definitely a necessary conversation mm-hmm. to have. And I, I didn't think I would be here after six months of post-COVID that I would <sighs> still be trying to manage a flare after that. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, yeah maybe there'll be a round two uh, podcast interview with you on to our podcast because this year, actually, because this year we're actually going to start to have some guests on our podcast so yeah. oh! we can continue a conversation with yeah, so the first on our podcast
2: episodes. We have not had guests and now we are planning on opening it up here soon. So it's oh, really yeah. exciting. Definitely stay tuned on, at um, autoimmune and you.
0: <laughs> well, and that was, you definitely led to my next question is just, yeah, where can people find you? Of course, I'll put all your links in the show notes, but just, just in case where do, can people follow you both?
2: Yeah. So I, my handle on Instagram is Rachel Albo, R-A-C-H-E-L-A-L-B-O, like octopus. People always think it's an A, like Jessica Alba. I love her. Um, (laughs) And then our podcast, we have a podcast Instagram page as well. It's at autoimmune and you spelled out. And then our podcast is called autoimmune and you.
1: Yeah, and mine is uh, healing arthritis holistically, as I said in the beginning. But I, I really just quickly, I think a lot of people get confused by my Instagram handle because it, it implies that like, I okay, just really quickly in the beginning of my uh, health journey, I thought very much like you can cure rheumatoid arthritis, like you'll never have to live with it again. You know, that was like me being super optimistic you know, and believing that that was 100% possible. Now I'm more about just managing the disease the best that you can. But when I'm talking about healing arthritis holistically, I'm talking about the mental, emotional, spiritual part of living with this, with rheumatoid arthritis. So just just disclaimer on that, because I think (laughs) it aligned with something different when I first started my account versus what it means to me today. So, yeah, that's really, no, that's,
0: that's super helpful. And yeah, I, I'm very much like, I feel this tenuous balance, um, for me as like, I consider myself kind of like a a health educator, patient educator. Right. And I want people to have access to the most accurate information and as optimistic as I am. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I have to be like, help correct people's misunderstandings sometimes about, you know, that, 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 you know, uh, that arthritis can be definitively cured or healed for every individual. There are yeah. always going to be individuals that have, you know, d- um, adopted a diet or lifestyle or anything, but yeah, so, but that's, I, I definitely, and I curate who comes on the podcast, just FYI yeah. for people yeah. listening. So like, I, I touch, I definitely, um, appreciate that disclaimer. Yeah. And I think,
1: Yeah. And you would see through my content that I'm not like perpetuating the idea that you just do one thing and you're cured. I've like, if you looked, I've never used the word cured on my, on my page, like ever, because that's just, that's misleading, you know? But back in the day when I was talking about like improving your symptoms through diet and stuff, like that, that's not misleading. That is the truth. Like there is truth to the things that we do. And it may not be the cure, but we can definitely improve ourselves by, you know, focusing on all areas of our lives.
2: Yeah. And you'll notice that on our podcast, I mean, we always joke about it, but it's absolutely true that we always come back to mindset and intention. Those are like the two literally pillars of our podcast. Like we are always coming back to it, whether we try to or not.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. No. So similar. Like I literally say um, every single, this is like the first episode where I haven't Talked about acceptance and commitment therapy, which is like the mindset approach I use, but it's like every single episode it comes, it all comes back to that. And like I've joked, like my tagline for arthritis life is like, come for the life hacks, stay for the emotional support. Like that's my internal, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Because I, yeah, I think that, and I think that. One of the hardest things is to sell the idea of like acceptance to people, right? Cause it feels like it's, it's a word like healing that can be very like misunderstood or it feels like giving up. And it actually is like to have people in the community, like you too. And like, hopefully me who can show that, like, look, we accept the bad parts of this and like, Mm -hmm. we are still persevering despite it um, is hopefully really encouraging to others feel like, because I think there's this idea that you, you can't really have a good life until you've healed it, you know, or to yeah. have cured it or made yeah. all your symptoms go away. And I'm trying to hopefully, you know, through all this, these podcasts and through directing people to your podcast, help, help people understand that that's, there's a lot of ways to have a good life, you know, changing
2: the narrative of the autoimmune community, one episode at a time, one post at a time,
0: <laughs> one dance at a time. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, thank you. Thank so you so much. for having us. This is so fun. I wish we could talk for nine more hours, but I do want to read out your time. (laughs) And Rachel literally has a plane to catch. So yeah, yeah. You literally got to get on plane. (laughs) Yes. We'll say just goodbye for now.
2: Yes. Goodbye for now. Thank you so much for having us on. This was a lot of fun as we knew it would be.
1: (laughs) Yes. Thank you. We appreciate you uh, having us on here and not only just sharing our personal stories, but being able to have another platform to share our podcast, to reach more people. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you
0: so much. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Room to Thrive, a membership and support community where you'll learn how to develop your own Thrive toolbox so you can live a full life despite your rheumatic disease or chronic illness. Learn more in the show notes or by going to www.myarthritislife.net. You can also connect with me on my social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even TikTok. Check out the links in the show notes.